0: From Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, this is a podcast of KZYX's local coronavirus update for Monday, November 23, 2020, with Ukiah ER doctor, Dr. Drew Colfax, and Alicia Bales. Since the pandemic began, Dr. Colfax has done regular live updates for KZYX listeners on the latest news and numbers and answered questions from callers.
1: Bad news on my TV screen, bad news on the magazines, bad news on the newspaper, bad news on the elevator, bad news on the street, bad news on my car.
2: And good afternoon. This is Alicia Bales in the studio with Dr. Drew Colfax for the local coronavirus update. Hey, Drew. Hello, Alicia. Welcome back on this holiday week.
0: Our only show of the week. I understand. That's right.
2: Monday afternoon. We're going to take Wednesday off. Good. And let back. all of you take Wednesday off, too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, this show is optional for, for you <laughs> listeners. So if you feel like you can tune out COVID for a little bit, I entirely emph- empathize.
2: Well, it's a kind of a sick thing, you know. Like, I was going to say a sick pleasure, but it's not really a pleasure. It's kind no. of like the Trump administration and, and all of the stuff. It's, it's just such a mess. I can't look away.
0: Yeah. Well, neither can I, unfortunately. Well,
2: and yeah, for you, it's... Anyway, why don't you tell us what's going on this week? It's it's a big news week. There's a lot going on in the county and across the country. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's not a huge news week. I mean, we are surging in the county, unfortunately. The, the national surge has certainly hit California, and uh, the surge in California involves Mendocino County. So... Since last Wednesday's show, um, we've added um, almost 100 cases. We are 1332 on Wednesday. We are now 1424. That averages out to 18 cases a day over the last five days. Uh, 1400 and change of those tests are pending. 30, almost 35,000 total tests run in the county. Um, if you can wrap your mind around that, that is a lot of a lot of Q-tips up the nostril. Um, <laughs> Our positivity is pushing up towards four percent. It's 3.95, and our case count. Now, keep in mind this is a seven-day average, lagging seven days is 8.6. So a week from now, it's going to be a lot higher because we've been averaging 18 a day. So watch for that to increase. Unfortunately, Uh, hospital hospitalization or hospital utilization hasn't really moved much. We have seven currently hospitalized, none in the ICU, and no new deaths in the in the in the county.
2: Thank goodness for that.
0: Yeah. California has increased its case count um, or its, its numbers by 100% over the last two weeks. So the number of positive tests in California has increased by 100% in the last two weeks. Um, hospitalization uh, statewide is up 55%, and that's obviously the worrisome indicator. Um United States, it has slowed slightly. The rate of climb has slowed very slightly. We're up 54% over the last uh, two weeks now. It was down from about 60 to 70% a week or two ago. 12.4 million cases in the country with 257,000 dead, um, and the the national the national fatality from covid right now is running somewhere between 1200 and almost 2000 a day so astonishingly large numbers still um fairly fairly dispiriting frankly just to put in context, I mean World War Two, right? The 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 great battle, the greatest generation. We were losing two hundred people to combat deaths daily during World War Two. So we're losing five to eight times more uh, people per day in this country right now than we were losing in World War Two. Just just mind boggling. However, a little bit of good, further good news nationally. Um, AstraZeneca, one of the big, one of the big um, front runners in the vaccine battle, uh, just released data today showing mid 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 phase three um, data showing very high efficacy of their vaccine, uh, which is good, up to 90 percent um, effective depending on the dosing regimen. That's good for two reasons, uh, or really one additional reason other than that that it's another vaccine potentially, um, it doesn't really require um, robust refrigeration. So it's much more uh, stable. It can be handled much more readily, transported much more readily. It's also a different type of vaccine. It's a viral vector vaccine. The other two that are out there from Pfizer and Moderna are uh, mRNA vaccines. So this is a viral vector vaccine. There are a lot of viral vector vaccines that we've used over the years. Um, And so that's very encouraging news. Um, but still not at all clear when this vaccine would actually be deployable. um They haven't really announced some like Pfizer, which says we have which said they had twenty million doses or twenty five million doses um, by the end of the year. AstraZeneca has really not giving any estimates as to when and where and what and how much. Other news. Um, do you remember how Trump got this strange cocktail of drugs when he had COVID? Yes. Yeah. Um, so what
2: were they? Monoclonal antibodies? antibodies.
0: Yeah. So Mendocino County is being allotted a, a small quantity of these. Not exactly sure what we should be doing with them. Huh. Yeah. Well, how many? Um, it's not entirely clear. Probably like less than ten. Probably around ten. Um, maybe a few more. Maybe a few less. Enough to treat maybe ten people. Uh huh. Um, it's. It's difficult because the data on it is really not supporting it at all yet, Um, and it does have um, a small but definable risk of a severe allergic reaction, um, which could be quite potentially dangerous, particularly in an elderly patient. Um so there's there's some discussion as to how this is best utilized. I I also thought
2: and correct me if I'm wrong but I thought you needed to use it early in that's the That's exactly. Infection. Yeah,
0: so that's the problem. I mean if we're develop if we're coming up with 18 people a day and we have this sort of new medicine that is not very well validated and has a downside risk of an anaphylactic reaction who gets it? Um, and so I'm not sure I would line up for it, but it might be something that if you're 85 years old in a nursing home, um, the, the potential benefit from that uh, might outweigh the risk. Um, but it's it's an ongoing discussion that public health is having with uh, the folks at, at Adventist. Um, so... We'll keep you posted. It's certainly not a game changer, but it's it's interesting that it has been distributed really without uh, a clear trial showing that it works.
2: Thanks. Yeah. Well, so who distributed it?
0: The U.S. government, federal oh, government. Okay, yeah. so they
2: give like each county ten each doses. state,
0: and then each then each region in the state just distributes it. Uh-huh.
2: So, okay, yeah. well, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that.
0: Yeah, I'm really. It's curious. Just say that. Much more time is being spent thinking about the medicine than is probably warranted. The
2: medicine that may not work and that may give you a horrible reaction and that only ten people can get early in the disease before we know if they're going to get terribly sick with it or not. Correct. Okay. Yep.
0: All right. But you know that's the way therapies are. You know, advancing with this this thing. It's not. It's not. Hmm. We're not seeing any. You know. Golden Arrows coming in quite yet. Right. Other news, disappointing news. Um, Sheriff Kendall posted on his website uh, that he's not going to enforce the, uh, I guess people are calling it. Um, not shelter-in-place, but curfew. Um, I'm not sure how they differ other than this is a nighttime sort of restricted um, recommendation coming from the state, but Sheriff Kendall thought fit to post that he was not going to enforce this. Um, and the rationale being, I'm sure, or the rationale for his thinking he was not going to enforce it was he doesn't have the manpower. Uh, we all know that law enforcement is stretched extremely thin in this county, but we don't see Dr. Uh, Sheriff Kendall um, posting that you know there's no law enforcement in five or six hundred square miles in this county at any one point um, we don't see him posting sort of how thinly stretched they are so it's not clear that this was a particularly helpful facebook post as we're trying to get people um to avoid getting sick and dying it's it's just very disappointing and hopefully he'll clarify that a little bit over the course of the next uh, day or two i i I expect he may
2: right it's one of those things where you never want to put people in a position where they have to be choosing who to believe in, in from our public health versus our local sheriff you know and i when i saw the comment on facebook my first thought was why did we need to assert that we're not gonna enforce this why not say something like we strongly believe you should follow this but we don't have the manpower to or, enforce. Or leave that,
0: that we don't right. have the manpower clause out entirely. It please, just...
2: please respect the shelter-in-place. And it's a limited shelter-in-place. It's from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. Um, I saw a, a nice tweet today that said if if, if you have trouble with this particular shelter-in-place order, you're probably the people that this shelter-in-place order is meant to uh, that you're the problem that caused this shelter-in-place to need to come into, into being. So um, from 10 p.m to 5 a.m people are not supposed to gather uh, for anything you can go out and go shopping you can do essential things it's just you can't gather in groups of more than 10
0: i think is what it said we shouldn't be gathering groups of more than 10 period full stop but it's still it's not helpful to have a public official undermining public health um to put it mildly we
2: all want to pull in the same direction here yeah
0: Anyway, that's about all I have.
2: Okay, I have a couple quick questions. One, I haven't seen the Mendocino County positivity rate go up since I don't know if I've ever... S- I mean, it must have gone up because it's at 3.7 for a long, long time. But now, it's go- now it is going up. And what does that mean?
0: Well, it just means we have more, 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 more cases. It's more um, prevalent. And the positivity obviously reflects not only how many cases you have, but how many tests you're running. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're running an adequate number of tests right now. And we're about to go over 4% positivity. That's... It's quite low uh, compared to some regions of the country, to be sure. But it is way too high before we can start talking about containment. It is still really quite very much amongst us.
2: All right. And then this situation with this surge, um, we're, yesterday we had 35 cases. We're averaging 18 cases a day. That is a lot for Mendocino County. I was looking back through the, the dashboards to see what, you know, how... Our numbers right now compare to wh- what we have been seeing, and, and we currently have 125 people in isolation. 255 Mendonesians are in quarantine right now. That yeah. means that they're under that two-week. It's not isolation, but they have to stay at home and stay away from everybody for, for two weeks. Um, and that is the most we've ever had. So yeah. we see these numbers going up. We can feel it palpably here. And I wonder how you think about that as we aren't even at the holidays yet.
0: And I, I hesitate to announce how i f- think mm-hmm. about it but you know right now our our levels are more or less i mean we might be a little bit higher than we were the end of july early right. august um but i'm afraid um that after thanksgiving you know this is a lagging disease keep in mind but the week after thanksgiving um and that following weekend and the week after that we're going to see very high numbers i just yeah. i think it's inevitable
2: well and the numbers as i was looking back at them uh, over the last month or two they really started to go up after Halloween. So for people who thought that their parties at Halloween didn't make too big of an impact, uh, you can really see things start to to move. Yeah, after that.
0: I, it's also you know it's also when the weather started getting colder. True. So I'm I'm not sure I would blame Halloween entirely, but uh, we can we can disagree. <laughs> but people Halloween going indoors is really. Of, you know, <laughs> we didn't get
2: any candy yeah. anyway. Yeah. Okay, so maybe we won't totally blame Halloween, but it's the point is gatherings are dangerous and, yes um, we're we're in a precarious place yes, right so now. you
0: know and with the holidays coming up they're just going to have to be Yeah, they're going to be different holidays this year uh, it really is important that we do not gather um, particularly the multi-generational gatherings that that's what keeps me up at night i just i hesitate to um you know predict how many people we're going to see getting sick and then elderly people in those families getting sick from uh, multi-generational holiday gatherings
2: Sorry about that. Um, We have phone lines lighting up. The number here is 707- They're probably telling us
0: to stop talking so much.
2: (laughs) I don't know. 707-895-2448. That's 707-895-2448. But first, we have an email uh, from a listener who says, What is the difference between vaccines and what and who determines what vaccines are distributed to the public?
3: Well,
0: that's a really good question. The answer to that is uh, we don't know, to, for the first part, um, you know, the difference in terms of their efficacy. Um, we really don't have that data yet. There may ultimately prove to be better vaccines and less good vaccines. Uh, so far, the three leading contenders, including this one that was just announced today, all seem more or less comparable given the well, somewhat limited amount of data we have. Um, but they all seem quite effective, um, astonishingly effective, frankly. Um, as to the distribution, um, that is something that the federal government is has been working on uh, for quite some time. Uh, the CDC actually has fairly rational guidelines that are then being promulgated and distributed to the states, uh, which hopefully are going to follow those guidelines. And there's a clear sort of hierarchy of prioritization. Um, first responders and healthcare workers are going to get the vaccine first. Um, and then the sort of the next wave of people getting the vaccine would be high risk individuals. Um, and so whether that involves vaccinating people, for example, over a certain age or people in nursing homes or people who work in nursing homes, you know, that's something that each state's going to have to determine. And I should say, you know, it seems a little bit arbitrary that first responders and healthcare workers would get the vaccine. But uh, the, the rationale for that is you really don't want a healthcare worker going from room to room um, carrying the virus. You want that person to be immune as soon as it's possible to make that person immune, which is different, uh, for example, from this antibody that we have in the county. I mean, there is some discussion, should it be reserved for healthcare workers? But this is a therapy that you would administer once you are sick. And so once you are sick, even as a healthcare worker, you're out of pocket. Um, and you're really not going to be going from room to room. Um, and so you shouldn't be prioritized to get this therapy. Uh, but the vaccine, uh, you know, even a non-healthcare worker would want your your first responder um, or your, your doctor or your nurse or your house cleaner in the hospital to be immune and not carrying the vaccine, the illness from room to room.
2: All right. Let's see who's on the line. Good afternoon, caller. You're live on the air. See, the phone just rings off the hook and then I pick it up and... Hello, Carla. You're live on the air.
4: Hi. I highly recommend that everyone listen to Democracy Now! today because she has a robust discussion about the drug companies, the vaccine, and how it should belong to the people and not for profit. But it feels like we're in an alternate reality, denial seems to be the national disease. The denier-in-chief won't admit that he lost and won't talk about the pandemic. And, uh, okay, I went downtown to Gualala to the stores today. There's a million tourists, even though our governor said, don't travel for the holiday, but I guess he did some terrible thing by going to some hoop de do thing in Napa with, they weren't wearing masks. So, <laughs> Nobody believes anybody, I guess, until you get it or someone who you love gets it. I mean, there's bazillion tourists up here. Okay, uh, two questions. Dr. Colfax, do you know of the next test here on the south coast? And by that, by that I mean the Gualala Point Arena area. And when will we have a faster test?
0: Yeah, good questions. I, I know that the county is trying to set up some sort of mobile testing. Um, I'm pretty sure that that is not yet operational, and so that means I have no idea when they're going to um, set something up on the on the south coast. Um, that might be weeks away, um, honestly. Um, but I, I think they're working on it. It's just there's layers and layers of bureaucracy that I think Andy Andy corn is fighting through right now with the with the county. Um, As to your second um, question, um, you know, I... I, I don't have any clear answer to that. Um, you know, your concern about the tourists out there and you're being in the market during all this press of people, I really, I, I think you know, and I, 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 I recognize your, pre- your predicament, but I really think that high-risk individuals such as yourself uh, should be staying away from markets and stores uh, throughout this holiday weekend. There's just going to be way too many people out and about, uh, even here in quiet Anderson Valley over the last couple Days, the amount of people in downtown Boonville was astonishing to me. It was really, it was a real uh, scene, if you will, um, which is bizarre and clearly ill advised at this point.
2: All right, let's take take another call. Good afternoon, caller. You're live on the air. Okay, line three is not working, so keep it
0: seems to be an ongoing problem. Keep trying, folks.
2: Good afternoon, caller. You're live on the air.
1: Hi, thanks for taking my call. I have. two separate questions. Uh, I'll start with the COVID. Um, as far as I'm aware, we have have not determined how much immunity um, having the virus gives an individual. So I'm a little confounded by how um, a vaccination an mRNA vaccination from this virus would give um, and how is it determined how much immunity a, a vaccine would actually provide? That's my first question. My second question is a comment with a question attached, and that is I've been hearing from very reputable sources that it has been noticed that um, uh, patrol cars in, in Fort Bragg um, are some, uh, about a quarter of the patrol cars, I've been told, are um, have, have Confederate flags, the new thin blue line Confederate flag replacement object on a decal on them. And that, to me, is kind of a signal in itself that, law enforcement does not have our backs. Um, If that is displayed, that might be taking it a bit too far, but I don't know that that is, and I'd love to hear how you think that plays out with the public uh, in terms of trusting that our officials have our best interest in mind and would enforce anything. So um, uh, I'll take your answers uh, on the radio. Thank you.
0: Yeah, so the, the first question about immunity, there, you know, there was some concern over the course of the summer that you could get reinfected and get quite sick from COVID again. We're really not, as we move through, um, you know, the 12 million people um, that have had COVID so far in this country, we're really not seeing a lot of people getting sick from COVID again. Is it possible? Sure. But it does appear, um, at least so far, that having the illness once does confer a fairly high degree of immunity toward getting COVID a- again. It doesn't mean that if you've had COVID, you are now free to party and you know go out after after curfew, if you will. Um, but it certainly suggests that this vaccine will work to um, produce a high level of antibody response that would then result in immunity. You know, there was some hand wringing about how the antibodies, the titers that you get, drop off fairly quickly after after an acute illness, but that's actually. You know how uh, how antibodies typically respond um, with any other illness as well. So that was not unusual. There was a lot of attention given to that um, sort of non-news item, if you will. It wasn't really a medical um, concern. And so I, I, I think, um, at least the data that I'm seeing so far, um, I think that these vaccines um, or even a, an acute COVID illness is going to re- confer a very high degree of immunity, certainly enough to um, get the level of transmission under one, um, sort of they are not, if you will. Um, and, you know, if you get it under one for long enough, then the, then the pandemic ends. Um, and so, you know, even if it's not complete immunity, it would cut back on the fuel uh, that this virus needs uh, sufficiently that it would burn out.
2: All right, this is the local coronavirus update. I'm Alicia Bales in the studio with Dr. Drew Colfax, and we're taking your calls at 707-895-2448.
0: And I think I'm going to just, we have a full bank of calls. I'm going to punt on the uh, thin blue line flag. Ah, I I, I think that that's probably a little bit off topic, um, but obviously troublesome.
2: Yep. All right, let's take our next call. Good afternoon, caller. You still there? Darn it. Good afternoon, caller. You're on the air.
3: Yes, hi. Uh, last week you discussed intranasal uh, vaccine. Could you discuss it a little bit more and uh, how it works and what fewer side effects it might have compared with intramuscular
0: yeah, so right now there's not an intranasal vaccine um, that has been shown to work. Um, you know, there are a couple that may be coming down the pike over the course of the next several months, but we really don't have any data on that. I, but
3: they I, are working on them in different countries.
0: They That's are a priority. Yes, they are working on them. Um, whether they'll work as well or even better, we just we don't have that data yet. Um, there are, I th- last count, I think there are 38 different vaccine uh, trials um, ongoing, sort of multi. Nationally. And this AstraZeneca one has got a huge number of people in it, um, both in the United States and in Brazil. Um, and, you know, again, Brazil is sort of out of control with the pandemic as well, which allowed them to get the necessary positive cases uh, much more quickly than they would have predicted back in August when they were designing this trial.
3: Okay, I, I think there's several people that would prefer intranasal over intramuscular.
0: Oh, I, and... I, am certainly one of those people, but yeah. uh, you know, I, <laughs> sure. I, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna be picky. When the vaccine is available, believe me, I'm gonna line up for it. Um, but yes, I agree, a nasal spray would be good. It would also be even more important in my mind is not just the the route of delivery, but the uh, method of transportation. So something that's stable at room temperature would be ideal. Um, And there are some drug companies that are working on a room temperature stable vaccine. Those still haven't reached sort of the mid uh, phase three trials that we're starting to see from a few of these front runners.
2: All right. Thanks for that call, caller. Thank you. You know, I got my flu shot yes uh, this weekend, and I was surprised it didn't hurt at all. Like, Good. Yeah, yeah, no, the flu shot, it's, it's, it doesn't, it's, yeah. No, it was ridiculous, it's, I
0: was I sorry. I I I administered probably 100 and over 100 a couple of weeks ago at the health center, and, you know, people were like, oh, you're done? They didn't even? Yeah,
2: didn't no. Know. Yeah, exactly. No big deal. Yep. Hello, caller. You are live on the air.
1: Hi, you guys. You're in the long haul here, aren't you? <laughs> Um, thank you. Listen, um, Dr. Colfax, would you mind explaining that viral vector mechanism? And I'll hang up and listen to you.
0: Sure. Good question. Thanks. Yeah. So the way these this class of vaccines work um, is uh, they they trick a virus into making a protein uh, fragment that uh, resembles or replicates uh, the uh, appearance of the disease in question, in this case, the spiky COVID proteins that coat the uh, outer layer of this virus. And so they use a different virus that is then fooled into manufacturing this protein that our bodies then recognize as an antigen and develop antibodies against. It's been used, and I, I... off the top of my head, I can't remember which previous vaccines have used this technique, but more than a few have in the past. It's not a novel technique. and um, has been shown to work um, in vaccines that are actually in use currently for other illnesses. So it's encouraging. Um, it's less sort of cutting edge than the mRNA, which in a sense is kind of uh, reassuring uh, from my sense. Um, but, you know, the the data on it is still pretty early on um and also appears to be dose dependent um the astrazeneca trial used um again it's a it's a booster shot type of vaccine so you get one shot and then two to three weeks later you get a second one and the higher response or higher efficacy depended on the amount administered
2: all right so we think we have time for one more call sure good afternoon caller you're live on the air
0: Line Yeah, mm, This
2: was line four, though. Hmm. G- oh. Hello, caller. Are you there?
3: Yes, I am. Yes.
2: All right. You're live on the air.
3: All right. I, I would just like to give everybody a heads up. The super spreader events are going on uh, Friday and Saturday night, both uh, down the street from my house. I won't say where I live, but uh, there was a big shindig and live music horns and singing until and wee hours of the morning and... I imagine it was it was outside, so that's a positive. That sounded like people were really having a great time, and uh, the the uh, these restrictions are just a joke. If they're gonna, you know, come up with all these views and stuff, and just say stuff, and then just say, "Oh well, whatever," you know. I mean, I'm I'm really disappointed in the sheriff and.
0: Yeah, so I, <laughs> I I I, th- I think I share your disappointment, frankly. Um, and I would encourage all the listeners um, to reach out, perhaps to the sheriff's office or your supervisor, and let you know how let them know how you feel. Um, as for the super spreader events, yeah, I I think what we're going to see, unfortunately, both locally and nas- nationwide, is not the mega super spreader, but thousands or tens of thousands or millions of small <laughs> micro spreader events, um, which is to say, extended family gatherings over this holiday i just you know everybody wants to get together we're sick of this we have covid fatigue we have isolation we have sheltering in -in place fatigue and it's just really really bad timing um as this holiday approaches and we're seeing a unprecedented surge um both locally and statewide and nationally
3: yeah i I have a, a really large extended family and and we just we thrive on on getting together and and uh you know, we're, we're huggers and, and, uh, we're really close and we're just staying away from each other. We're, we're toughing it out.
0: Yeah, no, wanna... that, that's, that's really the only way to go. And, you know, that's, that's what we are doing as well. And, you know, anybody, um, who wonders, you know, I, I, I certainly love Thanksgiving and it's always a big family get together, but this year it's all separate.
3: Yeah. We, we have, we have a family member that's uh, serving time in the big house and, uh, you know, think about those guys. They're <laughs> four by eight
0: with a guy and they don't <laughs> Yeah, no, I I agree.
2: All right. Thanks for that, caller. We'll leave it uh, we'll leave it there. All right. All right. Take care. Take care. Thanks. All right, that's gonna do it for the local coronavirus update today and this week. We're not even gonna be here on Friday. The county's taking Friday off.
0: I know, I heard that. So
2: yeah. no more COVID coverage this Until week, everyone. Monday. Until next Monday. Oof. Um, right. Yeah, we'll save it all up for a week.
0: So 1,424 cases in the county. Let's keep it low, folks. Try to stay away from one another during the holidays. It's just one holiday. You'll want to make it to the next. Um, so really, don't, don't think you're exceptional, please.
2: Right, right. It, it, it travels through everybody's bodies. There's no one who's separate or immune or who is maybe has a nice clean lifestyle. So they're not going to spread it. No, it's every one of us. We're all in this exactly together and we need to make smart decisions as we enter into this holiday. So thanks Drew.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you listeners.
2: Yep. Thanks for the questions and thanks for listening and supporting KZYX. We're going to, we're going to give way now. We're going to get out of the studio and, and make way for, uh, YAO Youth Arts Outreach produced by Savannah Gibson. She's our intern here at KZYX, and she has put together some youth programming for you this afternoon. So we're going to play YAO Youth Arts Outreach uh, for the next half hour. And then after that, Democracy Now at 4 o'clock. So thanks everyone for listening, and we'll be back with you in one week. You've
0: been listening to the local coronavirus update from KZYX and Z Mendocino County Public Broadcasting in Philo, California. This podcast is made possible by funding from the Mask Awareness Project of North Coast Opportunities. To hear this program live, tune in on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time to KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah at 91.5 FM, and in Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Or you can hear us anywhere at kzyx.org, where you can also find out how to donate or become a KZYX member. Thanks for listening.